0: This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 307 Super Titans of Old Guide. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and
1: Hunter Donaldson. So EJ came to New York, and then I got to keep him because they canceled the flight, so he had he got stuck here. Right. So now EJ EJ came to visit me in New York, even though I've been in Arkansas for a month and a half. <laughs> and then I get to New York, and then immediately EJ follows me here. Uh-huh. That's my alarm to wake up. Um, <laughs> EJ immediately follows me here, right? Uh-huh. And then, and then can't track. leave because they canceled his flight. Mm-hmm. But they also canceled other flights and then there was no they didn't have a room they didn't have space on a plane yeah put ej to bring ej home so ej is literally just going to be with me for like a while (laughs) (laughs) an indeterminate (laughs) amount of time i
0: like the idea we are literally on our way to it being the idea that when you fly somewhere you are you know you're rolling the dice that you might stay there for up to a week longer than you planned to be there (laughs)
1: yeah and that's gonna just be an understood thing yeah where it's just hotels like,
0: just like leave space for people to have to stay there extra nights and everything
1: yeah anytime you hear somebody going anywhere you're gonna be like ah oh, dang well it i i hope i get to see you again someday you know that'll be something <laughs> people say <laughs> They'll be like, "Oh, dude, I'm flying to France. I'm going. I'm going to France for my honeymoon." Oh. And be like, "Wow, I hope, I hope I get to see you then." It's someday. Like a, if you're planning a trip, people ask you, like, "Are you prepared to move there?
0: Like, are you prepared yeah. to spend the rest of your life in that location?"
1: Yeah. I mean, what are you gonna do if you have to live there? That's something people <laughs> will say. Like, normal, normal people will say that all the well, time. Well, what
0: have you and EJ done with your extended stay?
1: um mostly uh just sh- i took ej to places that i really like uh-huh. um but then they w- it would be kind of lame there <laughs> like i took ej to my favorite arcade in in brooklyn called wonderville yeah and they were doing karaoke which is fine no shade on karaoke but we couldn't really enjoy the game yeah which is something i find happens sometimes at, at wonderville and that's Actually, totally chill. Yeah, it's cool that Wonderville is like, oh, we like to do like events. It's not just about playing these arcade machines. Sure. The problem is, I'm a dorky little nerd, but and I don't (laughs) want to go to your event. I want to. Well, I just want to play the machines. And that
0: space is just small enough where yeah, any any loud event really does just completely consume the whole space. Like it no now arcade cabinets are literally in the way of the event.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of an issue. Um, so that was a little bit, a little bit dumpy. And then we went to we went to this place called Mood Ring, which is actually a dance club. Um, however, it's a Wong Kar way themed dance club. <laughs> but a lot of people in New York don't know that because I think it opened as a Wong Kar way themed place. It was like this is all about this this Hong Kong filmmaker Wong Kar way And then the I guess whoever opened it was like. Ah, but also is a dance club. Don't worry about that other thing we were saying before. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, not enough people knew about that, actually. Uh Uh We're trying to appeal to a different audience, you know, like... They don't want like weird little film nerds like showing up and being like, Wow, yeah. look at the decor. Like yeah, no, there's mirrors everywhere. To...
0: How cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's not that's not what they wanted to go for. Those people don't have uh, uh-huh. enough money, I think, is kind of the thing. <laughs> I mean so, there it's, you go. it's a
0: very New York thing that you get to have a thing themed off of a single Hong Kong director in the first place. I, I don't yeah. I don't know I could pull off a Bella Vista Hong Kong director themed. Uh, dance club i don't know if a dance club could exist in bella
1: vista period you don't think you don't think y'all could do like a jackie chan bar (laughs) why not do a jackie chan bar welcome to the operation
0: condor bathroom uh yeah dude
1: (laughs) operation condor bathroom police story they could have like cop night (laughs) cops get in free dude cop night police story night dude what's your what's your yeah Uh uh-huh uh-huh but yeah jackie chan bar dude Jackie bar
0: sounds pretty great. That's actually. a really good idea. Really, you know, that's
1: a genuinely good idea. Dude, the place that would have such a dynamic energy <laughs> to it. You know, it's just like ladders that, like, in the doorway is a ladder you have to jump through. <laughs> yeah dude you you order a drink and the bartender like slides across the bar to go make it for you <laughs> they just throw it towards you and you have to snatch yeah, grab yeah, it yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> man there all right what know. are we doing today today well first and foremost we have to we've we've spitballed long enough which is hilarious because we actually have very important news critically important news sound the alarm the patreon tournament finals the date has been settled we've finally done it we found a date these six players could all play together and boy i tell you it's a bit of a wait uh we are going to be doing the finals the latest we've ever done them by a long shot uh mm-hmm. the first time we've ever done finals post GenCon. it will be august 26th, and get this, it's going to start at 11 UTC, which is an early American warning, a quite early American warning, especially if you're on the Pacific coast, like one of our players is. But we, this year, I believe, had sort of the widest possible stretch. There's no Australian in this year's finals, but the Australians are always kind of in their own sort of strange space when it comes to the time zone challenge of the finals but this year we had a UTC minus 7 and a UTC plus 2 in the finals which Ooh. means that, that's a 9 oh, hour buddy. difference it's pretty tough to like get a slot
1: there It it's kind of a game of Twilight Imperium <laughs> amount of difference <laughs> right. you know yeah. like you could play a game in that, in in, that slot yeah right exactly there.
0: so yeah. the Americans will wake up early the Europeans will stay up late it is as the prophecy foretold as it is has always been so uh, I'm stoked though uh, last week's episode with all the interviews was splendid I enjoyed talking to my round of players and uh, I'm just really excited and I, I think we're going to try to do plenty of stuff in the coming weeks to like keep the dream and the hype alive for the finals I want to keep it on people's minds so get excited Saturday August 26th at 1100 UTC
1: uh, yeah, I would recommend like here's like something you could do: stop going outside, mm-hmm. stay inside, mm-hmm. and just try and sustain kind of like a high level of hype at home <laughs> for uh, almost two months. Yeah, I find so coffee just, helps that. Just like keep just keep down on the coffee, and that here's what that'll you do: you, there. you just kind of you lock your door, mm-hmm. you lock your bedroom door, yeah. You sit in there with a hot pot of coffee. Yes. Okay no mug. We drink right out of the pot. You know what I mean? And when and when that's empty, you go back in and you go you go back out to the living room to make another pot of coffee, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If anybody talks to you, you say, "Dude, the SCPT Patreon finals are on Saturday, August 26th at 1100 UTC. <laughs> I can't talk like, right yeah, now. I have I, to go." Dude, I can't believe. That's almost 2 months. <laughs> like they're just and then they're like, "Yeah." And it's like I can't believe it's coming up. It's, it's coming up. Coming up. It's really coming up. Every moment, we're getting closer to it. It's
0: as long as a summer break from school. Yeah,
1: yeah. From July, it's. We're recording this on July 10th, and yeah. August 26th is rocketing towards us. <laughs> like I think a that's meteor. a meteor.
0: What was the last date of the last semifinal game? I think it is a full two months after the semis finished. Like a full two months. Uh, yeah, almost to yeah, the day yeah
1: a full deluxe two months <laughs> I mean and it is just coming right at us, oh boy barreling down of those things like it's in the distance but it's moving so fast you can see it <laughs> getting slightly bigger every hour that, you know that scene
0: from Kung Pao or also Monty Python or there's lots of movies that do that that trick that telescopic lens trick you know the guy running over the hillside but they never actually get any closer to the screen anyways oh that trick yeah Oh, okay. That's, That's
1: more of an editing trick, right? That's kind of really an editing so trick, but it's a, also
0: a visual thing because anyways, I don't have to
1: get into it all. Hey, let's talk no, about- No, no, no. Break it down. <laughs> Explain it. Can we make, can we just make a little time? I mean, we have literally till August 26th at 1100 UTC before we have to do the SCPT Patreon finals. We got, we got episodes to burn basically. God, I am like kind of freaking out because yeah. it's happening so fast, yeah. you know, life is just, is just going right through me you know <laughs> i can't august 26th oh wow. my god wow it's july Every 10th mo- august can 26th? you feel it well, my, my toes f- feel strange because of how quickly we are running <laughs> towards the scpt patreon finals on august 26th at 1100 utc and where do you watch that TV slash space cats peace turtles
0: heck yeah man um i want to talk about the titans of old would you would you like to do that with me do you want yeah to?
1: whatever go ahead yeah whatever go ahead <laughs> uh we're doing I a super didn't write lore stuff in the script oh what the you're what's right going I, didn't on with put, that? I
0: didn't put any lore
1: stuff you didn't in even it. write anything there dude i didn't, I didn't even like, put in the lore is, tab i, I can't believe even. you do this you clock in <laughs> and you're like let's not even start right all right well there's no lore so that means i gotta take i got it i okay. got it all right hit me so <clears throat> uh so the titans of all mm-hmm. they're robots. Oh, I see or you. I knew you were going to do it. They are robots, right? <laughs> they're ro- they are okay. No, no, no. Shut up. Shut up. So they're like robots uh-huh. and they mm-hmm. they wake up on a planet. Yeah. And they don't know they don't know who they are. Yeah. They they wake up cuz they were asleep. And they wake up and mm-hmm. um and they they don't know who they are. They're like confused. They're like kind of childlike, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's the 1950s okay and it's in a little new england town and a little boy little boy meets them and they become friends mm-hmm. and then the government the evil 1950s military decides <laughs> to hunt down the iron titan uh-huh. and at the end he wears a little superman yeah. thing Super- on his chest and he goes i man. am superman <laughs> superman and, and that's- at the end for for some reason, he's in Antarctica. <laughs> Don't you remember that movie teases a sequel? Yeah, wow. Well, that man. they'd never made. Yeah. Uh,
0: wh- why does that movie remind me of Titan A.E. so much? Are they like similar animation studios? I don't know. Anyways.
1: Uh, they might be similar animation styles, but yeah. I'm not sure besides the word. You might yeah. be connecting the word. be the word Titan. Titan
0: A.E. I have it right over there on my shelf. And they called the planet Earth Bob. Why couldn't Dane make the Titans of Ul from the planet Bob? That would have been a good reference. Why couldn't they have been steampunk robots? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what I Hey, you know, for. actually, I argue they c- they can. That there's we've only got a couple pictures of titans but there's a lot of shapes and sizes and scales Dude. of titans and i think we can have steampunk mm-hmm. titans
1: i'm putting i'm submitting a formal request to fantasy flight yeah i would like a piece of official titans art of a titan wearing a top hat and with a monocle <laughs> on their one eye <laughs> on their one <laughs> their, eye their appropriate monocle as opposed yeah, to it being a big sort of... <laughs> big big monocle <laughs> And and I want them in the shot if it give me an action shot and they're like holding the monocle mm, up. Mm-hmm, like they're like mm-hmm. trying like they're like really trying to get a good look at something. <laughs> Ooh, maybe a jewel. Son they're Sand- holding a jewel. Sun Sanders
0: is working on the T shirt already. Thank you. We uh, already have a Titans T shirt. We already have so one. We, what know, if we only made Titans T shirts? I'm okay with that. This works for me. <laughs> I think it's on Sun's brand, too, to just have these these mechs, just more mech shirts. I think that yeah. could be an entire line, a clothing line of just Sun's mech shirts. Would be, well, we would love robots, yeah. and the titans of all are certainly robots.
1: <laughs> they also
0: start with one dread, two cruisers, two fighters, and three infantry. And they start with arguably... Uh, Two of the more convenient techs to start with, not the absolute most. There's a couple other techs they could have started with, but they start with anti-mass deflectors, which is a great blue tech that you don't love to go out of your way to get. So it's just nice to have it already. And they start with the yellow Tech scan link drone network, which is what lets you continue exploring planets as the game goes on, which is also a kind of fine, nice thing to have. I would say I like their text. Yeah. Also, it's a blue and a yellow, which is about as good of a, of a text start as you can hope for.
1: I've always wanted to ask Dane if the reason they start with anti-mass deflectors is because like he thinks that because they're robots, which they're obviously robots, um, that the big rocks will just ding off their big heads or whatever. Like yeah. if that's the whole thing, is that they're like they're too chunky to care about asteroids. Yeah. I that's do, why they have
0: that. It makes no sense because ev- like everything else in the tech ecosystem, the starting tech, is so symmetrical. And then he's just like, but Titans also have anti mass for some reason. It's chunky. The because one they're big outlier. and chunky. No, big and chunky. The it's thematic. Yeah. They just he, hang he out in space.
1: He couldn't stand the idea of building these these big robots <laughs> that i'm trying to say robot as much as know, possible i'm sorry <laughs> uh, uh building these big robots and then n- having them be like scared of large rocks yeah. in space like right. that just didn't sit well with him yeah. he's like no they don't care about big rocks in space dude they're <laughs> they're mechs they're gundams dude gundams don't care about big rocks wow. in
0: space that's yeah. crazy uh their home planet is a single planet four one called elysium can i read you the flavor text for elysium because it's kind of a wild idea Larger than a thousand terrestrial planets. It is times 1,000 of any other terrestrial planet. Elysium is an artificial shell world built around the powerful singularity in its hollow heart. Its surface is covered in calm seas and cultivated plains. So it has no core, but it is larger than a thousand planets. Yeah i i that's, really feel like that doesn't make physical sense uh, to me it seems like that's not that can't
1: be a thing that exists an object in space like yeah. that's too big yeah for that to even be possible right i think that twilight imperium is mm-hmm. a fantasy space opera world yeah where a lot of the science fiction elements actually don't make sense <laughs> You think so? This is just a thought I'm having right <laughs> now. I mean, I think it's just because of talking about these robots, but because a lot of times we're talking about like much more normal stuff, uh-huh, like uh-huh. um bird people, ghosts that yeah. like they're like ghost people yeah. that go through like wormholes. So that's a lot easier to understand. And then like the yeah. plant thing. Mm-hmm. So like that's it's all like mostly it's like super chill yeah. and like very like this is Star Trek. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's not yeah. Star Wars, right. which is stupid. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, can I tell you also they only have two commodities? You and can tell me that. That's a bummer. I feel like that's a bummer for the Titans, but I guess they do well, okay. Oh, you can't
1: have everything, dude. You can't, like, you you can't, can't have like, it all. <laughs> yeah. There's that, that great Stephen Wright joke where he's like, you can't have everything? Where would you put it? <laughs>
0: Uh, let's go through their abilities because this is the thing people like to meme about the most, uh, and I will be will be very explicit in how we word these things. I've bolded some text here for you all as we read things. Their first ability is Terra Genesis. and it reads: After you explore, after you explore a planet, when do you explore planets, Hunter? After you gain control. After you gain control, or also Scanlink is when they also happen. So there's two explore timings. But after the the main way, round one, after you explore, meaning after you gain control, meaning end of your turn, more more or less, uh, that does not already have a sleeper token, you may place or move one sleeper token on that planet, Uh, which means round one, you drop a bunch of sleeper tokens out there. But beyond that, because... From then on, you're only scanlinking planets, and scan link is only on one planet in a system at a time, your sleeper droppage slows down dramatically. You, you can only put one sleeper token down in a system per activation after the initial explores at the beginning of the game. Right. Which is
1: plenty. Which is it plenty. It doesn't really
0: matter. It, 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 you, I find you have not that many needs of sleeper tokens after that kind of first two rounds or whatever. Yeah, uh, dude, you can make do with that. Uh, their second ability is Awaken after you activate a system. So you've placed the token. Nothing else has happened after you activate the system that contains one or more of your sleeper tokens, you may replace each of those tokens with one PDS from your reinforcements. This means you can do multiple sleepers, but they had to all be there at the start of your turn. Before you activate, there needs to be sleeper tokens. Then you activate, you can turn the sleeper tokens into PDS. We'll talk about more of that timing a little bit later. Their third and final ability is coalescence. If your flagship or your awakened faction ability places your units into the same space area or onto the same planet as another player's units, your units must participate in combat during the space combat or ground combat steps. It's important to note this is not some sort of immediately happens. It means we're going to get to the resolution of these steps. Uh, You can only... Awaken these things on activations, which means all of the rest of a tactical action steps happen, so you wait until you get to the space combat step, then you do space combat with your new flagship that popped into space, or you do ground combat with your new PDS, or as we'll get to, maybe uh, mech and infantry or whatever, uh, those things will all happen in the steps they are supposed to happen, not some sort of immediately thing. I don't believe there is any other way to flip a sleeper token outside of a tactical action. Uh, if if yeah. there is, feel free to get at me, but I, I don't recall one.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, yeah, what, what would that even be? Right, I don't know.
0: Uh, they have two more abilities technically because they have two units that we're going to be able to upgrade later. The first is the Saturn engine, which are basically at the baseline level. They are they are nice things to have, but they're not the souped up powerhouse we'll talk about later. But they're they're great. They are cruisers with seven combat and they have uh, one capacity. This is essentially a cruiser two without the move three. Right, a standard cruiser uh, two is the combat seven capacity one move three. We have gotten rid of the move, but we do have all the other benefits, which means we, we start with those cruisers in our home system. And those cruisers can be part of our 2C4I or whatever we have. We have one dread, two cruisers, three infantry. All three of those ships can each carry one infantry. We can take three planets round one. That's like not amazing. That's not ideal, but we can also in the round build more cruisers and infantry pretty cheaply to go take more stuff or whatever. So we don't have terrible expansion issues around one and and more importantly those cruisers can move two away as opposed to everyone else's carriers that only move one away so we have pretty good abilities to go take equidistance or spaces next to mechatol or whatever we are a fast faction
1: um i would say the only hard limit with that stuff that you're talking about is the three infantry but beyond that year i mean this sounds like you have read about (laughs) titans Uh, their other unit upgrade is their PDS is a
0: Hell Titan, and this unit is treated as both a structure and a ground force, it cannot be transported, it has planetary shield, it has sustained damage, it has space cannon on a 6, it has production 1, and it has combat 7, so it fights on the ground, it can build a single unit at a time, it stops uh, bombardment from dreadnoughts. And it shoots at things in the sky. Uh, so it's yeah. it's a fine little defensive unit. Uh, if I'm comparing Saturn engines and Hell Titans to Cruisers and PDS, I would say Hell Titan is absolutely a major upgrade from PDS. And I would say Saturn engines are a decent upgrade from Cruiser 1s. And then the inverse is true of their actual tech upgrades, basically. The the upgrade to Hell Titan 2 is not nearly as severe, whereas the upgrade to Saturn Engine 2 is like a a massive, amazing uh, upgrade. But let's talk about their flagship first. The Oranos has a deployability, once again... After you activate a system that contains one or more of your PDS, you re- may replace one of those PDS with this unit. It costs eight normally, but obviously we're going to try to deploy it as often as possible as opposed to building it with money. Uh, it, it fights two on a seven. It moves one as a capacity three. So it's it's kind of an average flagship that we just get out for free if we take the time to do it. The important note here is you have to have the PDS in the system at the start of your turn. That means you can't take a sleeper token, turn it into a PDS and immediately turn it into the flagship. You have to have basically taken multiple rounds. You place a sleeper token on a forward plane at round one. Maybe you activate that system round two, you turn that into a PDS and then round three, you activate that system and turn it into a flagship. That's how quickly you can get it out from sleeper token or you could also just like do construction stuff or whatever. But uh that that is the speed with which this thing generally comes out. And uh I think it's a fine thing to exist. It's not like it's not some super powered good flagship, but the fact that it's very easy to get out in at a moment's notice is pretty nice when the objective happens to hit the table.
1: Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's really all you get out of it. Uh it's an average or it's not even average, just kind of below, slightly below yeah, average. Because of no, having as as, no
0: real ability, yeah.
1: Yeah, with the only thing being, it's cool that whenever you need a flagship, you have it on tap, that is the only good part. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, compare it to like the nomad where it's like the nomad commander gets unlocked, you have the flagship for free, and also it does a lot of stuff. Whereas this is literally just the free flagship, and that's pretty much it. So uh yeah. their their mechs are called the Hecatonks, if you listened to our uh our episode three hundred, the Hecatoncheris. I've someone at one point told me how to pronounce that and I do. To- do not I remember call them heck talks. the hecktons. The uh, hecktons. You deploy them as well. When you would place a PDS on a planet, you may place one mech and one infantry on that planet instead. This, of course, uh, counts for your sleeper tokens. If you were to flip a t- sleeper token and gain a PDS, that could be a mech and an infantry. Also, just from the construction primary or secondary. Uh, but also, the weirdest one is because your PDS are ground forces. They can't be transported but transit diodes lifts ground forces and then places ground forces later and it specifically says place so if you would be placing that pds you may instead place a mech and an infantry so you can transit diodes a pds and then as it's in space it morphs into a mech and an infantry and then you can place that mech and infantry somewhere else
1: ah that's so not interesting <laughs> that's like. It's like cool that you're noting that, but it's almost <laughs> like I hate to hear it, you know, like kind of a bummer. <laughs> it's too
0: yellow deep in a, te- in a tech tree you don't want anyway. So, it's a tech you almost weren't going to get and then an ability you don't need to do because... Uh, and we do
1: another take? I'm going to do another take of that. <laughs> sure. Um, Here's, here's this is just like, obviously cut all this out. Um, So, it doesn't work with transit diodes, actually. It's like kind of a bummer. It'd be cool because then people could talk about transit diodes all day, but because it doesn't work with it. Anyways, (laughs) on to the next thing, Matt.
0: Uh, Our promissory note is the ever popular Terraform. It is as an action, attach this card to a non-home planet you control, other than Mechatol Rex. Its resource and influence values are each increased by one, and critically, it is Uh, ...treated as having all three planet traits, cultural, hazardous, and industrial. Uh, So it's just full-on an attachment. This means our promissory note is a one-time use. There's no way to detach uh, an ability from a planet. So you give this to someone, they attach it to a planet and that's it that's all she wrote and it's theirs forever unless of course it is a planet you can take it back from them so the cute thing Titans players can do is sell it to something in like an equidistant to their neighbor and then take that equidistant back later and then they have their own terraform uh, in their control or whatever but mostly it's a really juicy thing to sell uh, round one because obviously traits can sometimes be worth points but also attachments can be worth points and this counts also as an attachment so when two attachments is one of your first objectives the price of terraform goes way up
1: yeah i am actually very influenced uh, by like let's say i have like an an odd amount of uh like influence mhm I'll buy terraforming just so that I spend something for a clean command counter mm, mm-hmm. and not even really think about all these other things because <laughs> I just, that's how I like it. I yeah. like to have everything in a neat little row <laughs> and it's going to pay for exactly how much I want it to pay to be paid I don't, for.
0: I don't like to rely on trade goods. I need it to be $2 no, and then I that goes with the th- $1 over there. <laughs>
1: it gives me a token <laughs> and these two perfectly go go together to give me a token. Yeah, <laughs> Our agent is the Tellurian.
0: When a hit is produced against a unit, you may exhaust this card to cancel that hit. This is, a, this is a pretty juicy agent. It is, of course, not useful generally at all round one, maybe even round two. I mean, it's not useful until there's any combat, basically. It is one of those popular ones where Titans loves to try to sell it, basically. If somebody else is doing a combat and Titans has no plans of doing any major combats this round, you know, you you can sell it to anybody who's trying to avoid a hit. Uh, but yeah i don't know it's it i this is a good agent that i feel like people overstate its power i don't know if you agree with that or if you just think it's great as well
1: Tellurian? yeah it's as good as i mean yeah that's it just cancels a hit right. that's literally all it just does one time i mean i don't even know hand. how you can make it yeah be a big deal yeah i like, feel i wh- feel like
0: everyone is always trying to sell me telurian and i'm
1: i just i don't i don't know well that's the thing okay that's that's actually what's going on is that there's a million windows to sell it so Mm -hmm. if you are the type of person that needs to capitalize on if you're a capitalist and you need to capitalize (laughs) on every single possible window in order to sell it Uh yeah you get to bring up tellurian all the time right um but yeah i mean like if if your fight's not gonna be swung by a single hit yeah then is is it really worth it right you know right Uh, Our commander
0: is Tungstannus. The unlock is to have five structures. We, of course, have an ability that helps us get structures out very, very quickly. We technically can get this out with ease, like in round two, basically. Uh, When one or more of your units use production, and remember, our PDS have production, so it's not just our space docks. you may gain one trade good. And the important note here is this is when... You use production, which means you basically gain the trade good the same time you are doing production, uh, which means you can just use that trade. good. This is this kind of operates as Sarween tools, except you can also bank the money for later if you want to. It is better than Sarween tools uh, in that respect, because uh, you can always just keep the cash. And sometimes you definitely want to do that because uh, there are two commodities means you don't have like an amazing trade good income necessarily uh your your promissory note you sold one time and maybe not for trade goods like maybe for some sort of objective favor so sometimes the saying is trade goods are worth thinking about banking in case of trade good objectives coming out later or whatever
1: In round four, I like to have just enough trade goods to where if I needed to get to 10 for the stage two, Mm -hmm. I could do it by just activating and producing. So that generally means I probably need around six trade goods in round four so that I can do four activations or whatever or three and I need seven or whatever. Right, right. Uh, Their hero is
0: geoform as an action you ready elysium your home planet so uh that's uh, already a pretty cool thing ready four resources that you spent earlier in the round and attach this card to it its resource and influence values are increased by three so you spent four earlier and then you get seven dollars back uh because you turn your home system into a seven four and and it gains the space cannon five times three ability as if it were a unit. So it is sort of like uh, it's sort of like a single system uh, XCHA flagship or whatever. It's not deep space cannon. It should be noted it, has, it does not extend into adjacent systems, which I think a lot of people kind of forget because they're used to the X-Chaw flagship or uh, also that action card uh, ba- experimental battle stations. Both of those are into adjacent systems. This one specifically is not. So Geoform only protects your home system. It makes your home system production up to nine with your space dock one, uh, which is pretty juicy. Uh, this is a very, very good ability and is uh, kind of a good excuse why Titans should sort of rush to score three objectives as fast as possible. The sooner you get this online, the sooner you have three extra dollars every single round. Uh, so yeah, this, the. Uh, Call this one of the really good heroes, I would say. Okay, let's talk about their text that we sort of referenced earlier. Let's give the stats specifically on Saturn Engine 2. So we already had a two movement, one capacity, seven combat. So the combat is going to increase to six. The move is going to increase to three, just like a normal cruiser two. The capacity is also going to increase to two. So these are like really, really good cruisers. But that's not all because they also, for some reason have sustain damage. Uh this makes Titans the largest HP farm in the game. Uh maybe only uh challenged by like a fully souped up Duranium NES uh uh Barony of Letnev, but like with far less investment, it means you kind of always get this online. Uh You can, with two capacity, like you can have a, a single cruiser to carry a mech and a fighter, make that like four of those, right? Four Saturn engine twos move in with four mechs and four fighters. You can take pretty much any planet you want with those four mechs and you have like eight HP to spare before you lose a single unit, all of which are hitting on a six. That is a, absolutely disastrous fleet for anybody else it is I, I multiple people quote this as the best unit in the whole game and I'm inclined to agree with them the Saturn engine 2 is the backbone of the Titans mid and late game arguably yeah it's good yeah <laughs> good uh the hell titan 2 conversely is not that significant of an upgrade uh the combat doesn't even I- increase on it uh it, it just all it does is is gain essentially a single increase to its space cannon and it becomes deep space cannon right it can fire into adjacent systems but like nothing else about it in improves it already had planetary shield it already had sustained damage the production doesn't like bump up to two or anything so this uh this, Unit upgrade is very much in range. We're going to talk about a situation. I mean, we want a red tech because we want Saturn Engine 2s. We start with a yellow. Like, we're going in the direction of this tech. But Hell Titan 2 is in no way necessary. But it is always available. So if you get the two faction tech secrets, that's great. That's fine. I can get grab Hell Titan 2 real quick. Alternatively, if you just, like, need to protect the space area a little bit better, you already have pretty good fleets. But you're going to have these Hell Titans out there. You just sort of get them innately as you do stuff in your slice. Uh, and so... I think of Hell Titan 1s as just like a passive nice thing, and I might upgrade them if like tech really pops off or whatever. But I I think Titans are much more interested in investing their money into units and keeping kind of, I'm going to say shallow on tech, although we are going to talk about deep blue later, but like maybe that kind of being all that you get. So Hell Titan 2, not a required upgrade, but it's just sitting there right in front of you, and it doesn't hurt to get it when you have the time for it essentially. Uh, And that is the Titans of old. They are always noted as a strong faction, uh, very, very good at many, many things. Uh, they have done very well in previous year's tournaments. This year, people even noted like, oh, they didn't do as well this year. What does not doing as well for Titans mean? Oh, they're just like in the average pack. Like (laughs) they went from top to middle to like upper middle or whatever. So uh, a a faction that almost never struggles because you can always have plastic dominance and you're good at like every single objective in the game. Um, But what are our problems? What do we actually struggle with? Um, really the only thing I feel like we can, uh, make note of is they don't have a particularly strong trading economy. And by that, I even just mean like as a sort of, death by a thousand cuts sort of economy. We don't have anything like that. Terraform is, is an amazing note. Our alliance is something people really want. We didn't talk about that when we talked about the commander. People really like the the extra buck on, on production. It's pretty useful for a lot of factions. Uh, but both of those, are, of course, are like a one-time giveaway and you hope you get something decent in return. It's not like it's just like a moneymaker all game. And with only two commodities, it means we are reliant on the stuff that we just have at our disposal. However... We gain a dollar every time we build, and our units only cost two to build, and they're the best units in the game. So it's not like we are in dire need of a lot of money. It really only matters when those trade good objectives come up, basically. That's the only time we're like, ah, darn it. I got to figure out how to, like, really make this economy do something different than I'm used to. But we are efficient and don't make a lot of money on top of that. Their only other issue, and it's really just, like, the thing that keeps them from being, you know, like inarguably one of the best factions is. They're just not a very sneaky faction. They they don't have some like innate token economy. Uh they're you know, their their trucks hit good, but they don't have some sort of like backdoor path. To objectives, a la Mahakt or Nasroka or any of these other factions, uh, they're they're just like what you see is what you get. So if other people can find your path, they at least can determine how to stop it. Whether or not they have the plastic to stop it is another question. But like your pathways to victory are very often like right there on the table. Everyone knows exactly how you're going to win.
1: Yeah, they're like a diesel truck. They're not quiet. Uh, they And it's a lot of gas. They guzzle yeah. gas. Um, and yeah, you can just hear them coming. That's yeah. the whole thing. It's like right. a big, it's a, It's the truck faction. It's the big truck I mean, faction. They are trucks, right? I think right. they're like half truck. They are optimist primes. I just heard they're half truck. Actually. Dude, a lot of people are saying they're half truck. <laughs> Um I heard on this podcast they were saying that the Titans are actually it's actually originally it was gonna be the trucks of all. Yeah, the Titans of um, trucks. Actually originally it was gonna be the Ford F one fifties of all, <laughs> but like Ford got wind of it because they pay attention to a lot of the developments yeah. and like TI stuff because they're like a big part of they're like a there's like a secret cabal of various automotive com- companies yeah. that fund right um like Danes projects. Yeah. Right. Um right. Right. Ford being one of them and they saw Ford F one fifties of all and they said, uh, "Why not the Ford Broncos of all?" And then Dane doesn't like Ford Broncos for some reason. And even though they have that like newer one that's like pretty cool looking, um, so it just kind of fell apart. The diplomacy aspect just kind of fell apart, and yeah. they couldn't they couldn't get the rights. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, all of that aside, their strengths are uh,
0: superfluous. They're good at like every objective in the game. We'll kind of be more detailed about that later, but they they are just great at objectives. The Saturn engine two is the best unit in the game. You can have significant plastic early. You can endure wind slays. You can intimidate other people. People often won't attack you because it just looks like it's going to cost too much. I mean, even when it's just a sleeper token, the idea that you can retaliate by activating the system and just awaken a sleeper token into a PDS to then try to take the planet. Like everything your uh, space touches is is difficult to bust through. So uh, you you often get to sit in your own slice and sort of cruise to a near victory. The the thing you often spend most of your time doing in the late game is just stopping other people because your path is more or less predictable it's like oh i'm gonna win on the two or the three or whatever i just have to make sure everybody else doesn't win before me i don't have some sneaky thing like we said before i just have to do i gotta play the wind slay game and and find a way through it
1: yeah but it's not like i mean every we all have a little bit of sneakiness in it Mm. in us as far as twilight imperium goes like there's a base level of sneakiness it's not like every single time titans hat must be the wind Slay faction only right because they don't have any special tools for that they're not like l1 yeah where they have like because of this they i mean unless you i mean i guess to a certain extent saturn engine 2s are a special tool yeah uh for that because of that's so much sustain but there's a lot of factions that also have like their own way of generating a lot of hit points and right. stuff so i don't know right. i mean maybe i guess technically the titans faction maybe the most hit points that you can have. Right. But I don't know, matriarch with like full fighters yeah. and carrier yeah. twos and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, there's
0: definitely stuff that competes with it. And especially, especially when you're talking about like they have the highest total possible, but it's not like you're always investing on all of that, right? And 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 yeah, I mean like a fully loaded carrier two or especially in a fully loaded advanced carrier two is going to be uh quite a bit more substantial than your four cruisers the the big point of of a saturn engine two army is yeah it's it's high hit points per dollar high hits per dollar but like you have to have a big fleet capacity to make that like extra impactful or super super valuable um yeah so you know the, the, the token economy probably has to be decent or more importantly i would argue is another reason to uh also invest in carrier two uh, if if you feel like that's going to be an issue uh you can always just dip into carrier two and fighter two basically if you want to Uh, and we'll talk about unit upgrades more later but first can we talk about strategy cards uh round one and what we like shouldn't we take a break first i think we should i think that's a wonderful idea Welcome back, everybody. It's time for some synthesis of ideas about the Titans of Ul, And we're starting with strategy cards. And I want to start with a question because I wrote in my notes about leadership that it is... It's always useful. It's a fine thing. Um, it could be quite good if we, like, get extra cruisers out to take, like, bonus systems in round one, if, if the stars align in kind of the right way and there's really especially juicy stuff to take. But other than that, I don't find leadership round one to be any sort of priority. But I saw some priorata remarking that they felt leadership was good uh, round one. So I'm I-, I wanted to know how you feel, Hunter, because I'm on the fence.
1: Um, I don't think it really matters a whole lot, uh, as for whether you take leadership or not. Uh, it's just, I think the value ones are the ones to think about and leadership is, is three tokens. So that's not, that's not bad value, but it's also not the least flexible value, perhaps is kind of the way to put it. So like leadership, you get counters. That's what you get. You don't get anything else. Diplo, you get stuff. Trade, you get stuff. Yeah. Those each... Those three are like kind of the same thing in a way, but it's just really pared down as to as far as like which one is more flexible. Yeah, the trade being the most. I mean, I think that yeah, it's it's fine. I I don't, I don't know. I I I was looking at the priorata and I was a little confused as to why people kept saying that it was very important to me. It's like maybe a lower lower rung pick. Yeah, it's not like a bunch of secondaries. You're you especially want to do. Right. Like it's really just standard as far as what secondaries are interesting. There's the little stuff with construction, but yeah, I'm going too broad now. (laughs) I I think the one thing I want to curtail here
0: maybe is just the idea. I don't want to put out there the idea that like you need a bunch of tokens early so that you're round two. You can do a lot more sleeper tokens shenanigans. I do not think that is a critical element of the Titans early game is like in round two, activating all of your sleeper tokens and flipping them over and getting all your PDS online. Like unless the structure objective is something you really kind of desperately need to score Mm -hmm. early. There's not a, a rush to get that stuff done. I mean, arguably, you also want the commander relatively early, but like I think you can get the commander online fast with like standard round 2 activation you might want to scan link once and like doing the secondary of construction as you normally would or whatever so i just don't oh, want would people, you normally
1: do the do you do you think secondary
0: you, construction to
1: be essential for round 1 no no no, no
0: no 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 i don't i think you would do it round 2 like I, all i'm saying is i don't think we're in a rush for any of this stuff which is why i don't think like we need tokens to do all of this stuff i don't think the um the impact of our early game comes through flipping sleeper tokens I think it comes through building cruisers which you can do with a single token in your home system or whatever right so I'd rather I want the stuff that gives me money for more cruisers early more than I want pretty much anything else uh, I would say so as far as money goes uh, Diplo is up next and you know I like Diplo as much as I always do it's not gonna be probably as good as trade uh, but I, I like I said I want money kind of in any way I can get it um, I do think we probably come out ahead with Diplo as opposed to like, you know, sometimes it doesn't feel like like you have a $4 home system. uh you, you can expand your cruisers out really far, which means you have a better likelihood of like sending one of those cruisers to some sort of like three resource planet. And, and I don't know, you lucked out and got an attachment over like you can Diplo a lot of money back into your hand round one. Uh, the flip side of that is just like, what exactly are you doing <laughs> with that money? Cause with Diplo, you got to spend it right now. Trade, you can bank the trade goods for later. Uh, and so if you get like a really good Diplo around one, my only struggle is you probably just build like a bunch of cruisers in your home system that don't go anywhere, which is not the worst thing in the world, but yeah, I don't know. Di- Diplo is like lower for me. Um, and honestly, I don't know if it always outpaces uh, just taking construction or not. Like in a last pick scenario, I think sometimes I might literally just like construction. Um, but I don't know. I, I go back and forth.
1: Yeah, I mean, you get stuff for construction, too. Yeah. And it's and that stuff has uh, has value. I don't know. I I think I think it's kind of either, either or. Yeah.
0: Uh, politics is definitely something worth talking about because we have, we start with two movement capacity units, which means custodians is always a consideration. Uh, and even if it's not custodians, it could be a taking Mechatol from the custodians person, right? Like two Saturn engines with like a mech and an infantry beat the carrier fighter and single infantry that someone sort of like barely threw at Mechatol or whatever. Um, so, you know the the big thing with custodians of course is just if you have the influence you have no influence at home basically you have a, you have one influence on your four planet uh four resource planet you, you don't want to do it that way so uh politics i would chalk mostly up to whether or not you think you can get the influence in round two beyond that i wouldn't even say like getting the speaker token going into round two has more value than any of the other stuff you could take if you're like third or fourth pick I would take something else besides politics and let, let politics slide past you if you are not going for
1: Custodians. Yeah, I well, yeah, absolutely. If yeah. if you're not going for Custodians, what is even the point of politics? Right. But uh, I also think that maybe going for Custodians as Titans is a little bit um, suboptimal mm-hmm. because it seems like it matters more to just kind of build up and then commandingly take yeah. control of Mechatol Rex at a later date with right. Imperial. I will say, though, you don't want... You know, you don't want the speaker token moving in ways that you don't like. Yeah. Um, and Titans, I feel like, is the type of faction that get pretty well established even by round two. Mm-hmm. So you might be playing the speaker game by round two, meaning having the speaker token going into round two, it means your your overall uh, speaker game is probably not going to be great yeah. um, or at least could get really wonky. Mm-hmm. Uh, construction. Is an
0: interesting card because, of course, we have these sleeper tokens that we can just flip. Like, we technically could get all of the uh, PDS we ever need and never take construction a single time. And we have a home system that's going to end up with a great resource value, uh, a great production value. Meaning, like, you know, we don't even necessarily need a forward dock. Although, you know, a forward dock is always fine. But, like, we could go the whole game without ever taking construction. But construction is also... Decent for us. Like, our Hell Titans are very good at innately defending our stuff. That's, like, one of our strengths is just, like, a single Hell Titan on a planet is quite a defensive force for someone to have to deal with. They can't bombard. Uh, they they can't sneak a, a take of it, right? It hits too hard, it has sustained damage, and they can't bombard through it. So they have to bring, like, an overwhelming force just to take a planet with a single one of our PDS on it. Uh, I like this priorata from BamBam Bam 9229, which is that Titans is also a faction that can do well as a sixth pick this is especially kind of relevant basically for like a multi-draft strategy right as you can just like snatch grab titans and then probably play them in almost any slice to a certain extent and also can have very very low you can just like not be care about your speaker order round one construction works well for them you get a beat you get a beat on unlocking your commander and you can add a mech and infantry at home to help with exploring or scan linking in the future for hazardous planets it's great you get to explore round one but you lose it for round two this solves uh that which may eke out some extra value uh it also means for the warfare secondary you only need to find two to three dollars to get a cruiser and carrier to get another system which can be done reliably obviously trade tech leadership is probably better politics is probably better ignoring the objective but the point here being you can choose the like space dock and then the pds but the pds can be a mech and an infantry and then you Mm. get a cruiser at home and then that cruiser goes and take uses the mech to take a a hazardous planet or something like that that like there's really efficient things you can do by sort of taking advantage of construction even to the extent of not needing structures out of construction and utilizing the fact that you can build ground forces off of construction but I wouldn't even say that's the focus it's also just like it's it's a nice thing to have because it gets your commander online even faster next round or whatever which is not which is a nice thing I mean it's it's more more money it's more efficient way to play so construction is just kind of a nice thing in general which means you know given everything else we've said about like other cards we don't care as much about you know construction i would say is just sort of right up there with a lot of them there where if you're in the back of the pack it's probably worth uh, considering and taking
1: yeah i kind of feel like i would rather just have money for mm-hmm. like more cruisers and stuff but like i see what bam bam is saying um and I, so like the thing that i get scared about with titans that i was like trying to expound upon earlier uh, is that if warfare doesn't get taken round one, mm-hmm. which is finally I feel like becoming a thing, yeah. Um, you you have three there's three planets that you're taking. Yep. That's it. That's your hard limit, right? And Titans can take a lot more than three planets in round one. Yeah. And it sucks anytime to be like limited in that way. Mm-hmm. Um. So like my ideal is to have money to dump like hella stuff on that warfare secondary and expand even further because there's a lot of things on the menu that's not normally on the menu like for example the equidistance both of them or whatever you know um so i feel like that's my priority whereas construction is like it's setting up for the future but it's setting up for the future in a way that we can already do Mm -hmm. just maybe not as as quickly you know yeah We, we can already get structures onto planets that we can then produce out of we can already get mech and infantry on planets in round three or round four or whatever um i feel like this is maybe taking care of something that i don't find to be that essential because i would love to just build Yep. All the all the cruisers. Yeah. I would just love to build them all yeah. as as soon as possible. Absolutely. I, I agree, which is why
0: I mean, I do think trade is like our absolute best option, not just because it's money. But again, like we have this thing where we get to like our first action could be sending our true cruisers out to an equidistant to like take a good system while also finding a trade partner or whatever, or like expand out to Quan in a wormhole and end up with a bunch of trade partners. Like, mm-hmm. we are we are actually naturally good at round one trade compared to a lot of other factions. Uh, so even though we only have two commodities, we can make decent money. And more importantly, not having trade means we're really going to get almost no money out of it because at the end of the day, we're just a two commodity faction. We're trying to... Hawk, our terraform onto somebody in round one, and then we're like maybe doing an X minus one, meaning we get a dollar off of the, the the trade player doing something. Which I I hate the feeling of that. So obviously, if we are a first or second pick and it's accessible to us, like I think we really, really, really want to take trade and do everything we can to get as much money as possible, so that we can do everything Hunter was just describing, get plastic on the board.
1: The only obnoxious thing about it though is that because. Our trade ships are also ships that we need to use in order to take planets. Mm-hmm. That obviously we have to establish that, you know, that neighbor by taking a planet. Mm-hmm. So that is a little bit, it's like, it's kind of an obnoxious thing to me because it's like all three, we start with three tokens and I would love to use all three taking planets. And yep. hopefully it's in such a way as to where I get a good neighbor out of that. But that seems like, less certain than if i just had a destroyer that i'm gonna spend one of those tokens yeah just sending to the neighbor right, right. now right uh
0: warfare is kind of awkward I-, I would say for us more so than even a standard faction we have two movement units uh which means we really don't need the primary of warfare uh the only flip side being i guess arguably basically just the like hunter's idea of like if we can get the money in other ways if the, if, if diplo was taken Uh, and warfare was left (laughs) on the side or whatever, and we decided we wanted warfare over construction, right? Well, with Diplo on the map, that means we can get our money, we can activate home, build a lot of stuff, lift that token, and then our two movement can still go take important stuff. Uh, We're definitely not doing any sort of move two away, lift that token and then move that stuff again or whatever. That's like a very odd way to do it. But uh, if we're doing warfare, we're definitely just using it to build at home and then take stuff. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think that is of questionable value across the board. But maybe, maybe the three infantry limit is enough to where this is just uh, necessary, basically. Like the planets that you could get access to are too juicy and you can get the money. If you know you can get the money, I would say warfare goes up. But if if the money is questionable, then it's definitely not going to be worth it for you.
1: Yeah, I mean you could also just like I mean, you could also just use warfare normal style though, and that's that's still you taking more planets to have a better economy round two. Mm -hmm. You know, you could you could just use your two Saturn Engine ones to take two two planet systems because whenever we leave you know, if we leave a planet empty, it's not really empty, right? right. I mean, it, it basically does have stuff on there whenever right. we need it, you right. know? So even if somebody tries to come in and take it, it's like, yeah, we... I mean, it's not settled at right. that point. Yeah. Um,
0: what, what's also interesting is you can move forward, lift that token. Obviously, that goes back onto your sheet too, right? So it's like we, we ha- we've we gained a bonus activation. So we can technically still take three systems and then spend our fourth activation Building at the forward, we like we can awaken our sleepers, and we awaken early enough in the turn order that then we can build out of those two PDS. So if we do get some money. We have essentially a system very likely with two production forward to build with, right? So that system can be even less empty than, you know, our fear would be for Like we, we could completely abandon the two planet system, but reactivate it later and still get like two PDS and two cruisers out or, or whatever, some, some variation of that. So it's, it's not like we're left without options, uh, with, with doing the double expand with warfare.
1: Honestly, if trade was taken already and i have a good feeling that that diplo is going to get taken yeah and i think warfare is actually your best pick right like it's like i i think it's it's for once there's a lot of high variability to me of like good outcomes and good things that we could do with this because we want as much money as possible right so that's why trade has got to be number one if we feel like we can gamble a little bit and get somebody else to do diplo then that's the same as if we took diplo it doesn't matter now right you know Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, Last up is technology. And uh, technology is interesting. I mean, we have four bucks at home, which means we can always we can do the secondary tech if we want to. I think we're both talking about plastic is uh, certainly the priority, though. Um, Mm -hmm. So getting a free tech is, of course, nice within that. I think the bigger issue within all of this for me, though, is I so often skip tech altogether around one because I'm very, very likely just getting AI development algorithm as my first tech, which. Doesn't really do anything round one, which means I'm not solving any problems round one. I can always just get AI dev next round. I can even potentially take tech next round and catch up a little bit. If I, if I improve my economy enough and get a comfortable amount of plastic on the board round one, I can reinvest in tech round two and get to the same spot I would have been in. So I don't think there's any rush to our tech game and, uh, our tech needs, are going to be really, I think, focused on more of a late game powerhouse f- kind of thing, maybe, maybe a mid game thing. But we don't have like early tech needs, which means I I don't see a huge amount of value in taking uh, tech early. But if it's available to all us right, and well, I can get it for right. free, huh, okay. I want Santa okay. Nation 2's. What does Hunter think? Hunter. Oh, no, that's Hunter. fine. No, no,
1: no. That's OK. That's cool. <laughs> what does Hunter think? No, no, no. That's cool. Why that's is cool. it cool? <laughs> no, no, no. That's good. That makes sense. You're right. No rush. What is happening? No rush for Saturn Engine 2. No rush. Well, let's talk about tech needs. Uh, let's. Uh, uh, so uh, at the very least,
0: I think many people agree that uh, AI dev is really, really good for Titans. And the main reason I find it so good is not only just because like, oh, we can like get to Saturn Engine 2 pretty fast, right? We need AI dev and then that's the skip we need to skip the green tech to get Saturn Engine 2. But because also we start with a blue and a yellow... AI Dev gives us access to every single meaningful unit upgrade we could possibly ever ask for. The only unit upgrade that is not immediately accessible to us with AI Dev is Infantry 2. And like, so what, who cares? But we have a blue tech, which means Carrier 2 is sitting right there if we just want to skip to it. Dreadnought 2 is there because we start with the blue and the yellow. The red tech itself gives us access to Destroyer 2. Uh, and then like, even with a single red skip, we can get to War Suns quickly if we want to, but, AI Dev just opens up so many options so that we can be really flexible uh, if we feel like we need other unit upgrades. Like I I got an early, AFB secret in a recent game and was like yeah okay I, I have AI dev it's sitting right there I can just mm-hmm. get Destroyer 2 and I'm going to be able to do that secret with ease uh, so uh, but this I've, I've had a game too where uh, Carrier 2 became useful I, I had I needed even more HP so I just went ahead and used AI dev to get Carrier 2 and everything so um, I think AI dev is like unquestionably the first tech you get into Saturn engine two, and then from there, things are like very, very open to what you want to do Uh with. Of course, I think a stress on blue tech is still very, very, very good for Titans. We start with anti-mass, which means we have access; ax- we can go through any system that matters. Uh, we can do any of the other early blue techs, right? And we like them all. Gravity drive means our carriers can kind of keep up with our cruisers to a certain extent. Sling relay is a stall that we build out of our PDS that are forward. That's great. All of these things are good. And more importantly, there is just nothing better in the world than Saturn engine twos, with light wave deflectors the big goal here is i definitely think we want light wave this is this is a light wave faction and if anything we were talking about like how sneaky can titans be the sneakiest thing we can do is saturn engine 2s with light wave being that they can go pretty much anywhere they want at any time
1: Mm. and with gravity drive in there too yeah yeah that, that high level of movement it can be hard for other players to map out exactly how far a saturn engine 2 can go right
0: yeah, and add wormholes like into the mix. It just really confuses people on like what you have access to. If you if you mm-hmm. park on Mechatol, if you park on Malice, uh, with a decent fleet or whatever, that stuff generally can get pretty much anywhere you need to on the map. Which then makes those stage two control objectives like all at least somewhat accessible to you or whatever. Like that. That's where our late game power comes from. It's just this like. Fleet of powerful stuff that has good defenses that people don't want to attack into. And then we wait and we wait. And then that stuff starts going all over the map to take whatever we need to take or whatever. So we're, we're a very good control objective uh, kind of faction. Um, the only other tech considerations I really have. I, I mean, I think that's all you should do. Personally, I, I think you get Saturn engine two and then you go up blue and then you're done outside of like necessary upgrades for other things. Right. Maybe you get the hell Titan two to protect your slice more. Maybe you need more HP. So you get like carrier or two fighter or two or whatever. Um, But I did want to at least make mention that. And I don't think this is an ideal tech path, but Titans certainly has more arguments in favor of war suns than a lot of other factions do if we have a red skip Uh, if we have ai dev and a red skip that means we can just get war suns whenever we want and I think it's worth noting that it's very cheap to get most of our cruisers out very fast. So, like by round three, we could have most of our cruisers already on the board. And then we're sort of like, what else am I doing with all this money? Especially my seven resource home system. That's more than half the cost of a war sun. So the the round I uh ready Elysium can be the round I spend four bucks on researching the War Sun upgrade, get the money back, turn it into $7, and then like easily build a War Sun that round as well. And I think War Suns can fill a bit of a gap that cruisers have, which is just that like cruisers, even with two capacity can be a little bit low on their ability to, like, really successfully take, uh you know, harder ground combats. And the War Sun is, like, the one little tool you can have to just punch through. You know, you bombard first, and then suddenly your cruiser capacity is more than enough to do the rest of the ground game. So, I do think War Suns complement the Titan's kit, even if I think you're better served just going with Light Wave.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you talked yourself out of it pretty good there. Uh, <laughs> I will say, like, it, it is kind of neat sometimes if you're having trouble getting um, a, like, a lock on Mechatol Rex in the mid-game. uh, If you have some sort of easy way to get transit diodes, like, that can be a neat way to, like, kind of lock that down and, like, help make that a real thing. Yeah. I find, like, it's a lot easier to, like, hope that somebody needs construction in the mid game and then just secondary and get a hell Titan on Mechatol Rex yeah. like that's that's an also really easy way to kind of lock it down yeah but transit diodes can create a little bit of a back uh back door especially if you kind of get all of your priorities done and probably the good thing about Titans when it comes to tech is there's very little priority right it's really just I mean honestly after Saturn engine 2 it, everything else is to me just kind of gravy which is why it makes sense that blue tech would be the way to go right yeah it's the most efficient use of extra tech basically every everything mm-hmm. is good there so why not go for it i, I if mean you I, see it i guess what i'm saying is with titans S compared to like some factions like if you see a christmas land if yeah. there's if if it if, if it does happen to be christmas mm-hmm. then shop till you drop <laughs> <with> my friend <laughs>
0: Yeah, they they are a faction that does well when things are going well for them, right? Like they they can take good good things and push them even further than other factions can do with good stuff. So uh, yeah, I I do think it's easier to keep it simple. Also, the other advantage to like not worrying about the war sun stuff is if you're going down blue, you don't even have to AI dev. Into carrier two, you can just research carrier two, and then use AI Dev as the discount, which is probably a better use of AI Dev, anyways. You don't need to skip a unit upgrade or a, a, a prerequisite every single time you do a unit upgrade. That is like, in some ways, a, an, an inefficient use of AI Dev if it's not getting you like a very, very meaningful uh, unit upgrade. Uh, let's talk about trading. We did a lot of this earlier, but I feel like it's worth uh, hashing it out a bit more. So. I I think I'm like not especially great about what I'm doing with the faction promissory note. I always feel like I'm I'm too nervous about who I'm sending it to or who I'm letting get away with something. I get really nervous about like objective swaps and the idea that I mean very often like if you're if you're handing out terraform, uh it it very often uh, can be worth a point in round one or two. Someone's probably asking for it because they know how it gets them a point or whatever. And that always makes me nervous if I'm not also getting an immediate point in return. Um, so I kind of, I, I want to hear more about how your games go, Hunter, in like how much, how, how I don't know, how much do you cherish Terraform? Are you just trying to get it out there and like what's the value on it? Because I think I flub yeah. it a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get in the weeds here. Um, So the value is money. Sell it for an amount of money um and just just sell it like what why who cares you don't need a point in return for it um it's a beautiful little card because you sell it to a neighbor Mm -hmm. and then it's theirs as long as they keep that planet so in a way it might be yours someday you don't even know you know like it could even be that you sell it to a neighbor and then this point swap thing that you're talking about becomes easier because now Mm -hmm. uh you know when when corner of the market comes out and you need four of one type. Well, suddenly your neighbor has it on lock and they have like one planet that they could trade you that has terraforming on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um or it, you know, the attachment same same deal. Um right. although with attachments obviously you have like kind of your own alternate way uh of, of kind of looking for attachments. Yeah. But yeah, I I don't think it's a particularly complicated card. I think that you can sell it for I mean, I think in a way it's sort of like you know, I wouldn't encourage my neighbor to lowball me to such an extent that I just decide to not sell it at all. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe that it is that. I believe it should be sold, and you should come to a quick agreement on what that is. Yeah. Um. And and that it's it's gonna be it's gonna be amount of money that fluctuates based off how much money this person has. Yeah. You know. Right. Um. So and that's why that's of ties into something i was saying earlier in this episode of like to me one of the complicated things that i wasn't seeing a lot in the pre pre-orata that i find like a little bit tricky with titans is like figuring out where to send the cruisers in which i want to land units on planets explore and have a good neighbor because how many neighbors are we going to have round one in <laughs> yeah. most situations not a whole lot we'd love to sell terraforming to that neighbor mm-hmm. and i would like it to be someone next to me which means you know hakan if hakan is across the table they can buy it but it's going to be at a premium they have more money yeah. and also if i'm selling terraform across the map then I, that's not going to be great for me i'm not going to get any potential utility out of that right but yeah as far as selling it to a neighbor i wouldn't stress you know if it's if they're a poor faction i'd probably sell it for their faction promissory note or or like 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 we do a faction note swap or that and a trade good or something like that or just two trade goods or or if it's the trade person uh refresh me wash me give me a trade good bam right the the old x plus one for terraform the old x plus one for terraform (laughs) is not a bad deal in my opinion Uh, One
0: other note about it that's just a fun thing, less relevant to Titans game, but more relevant to whoever you're giving it to. This is one of the rare uh, notes that when you give it to the player, it sits in their play area. Their planets are in the play area, and this card is attached to the planet in the play area, meaning this card is in the play area, meaning... If I get the secret objective to betray a friend, win a combat against someone with whom I have a fact I, I have a promissory note in my play area, mm-hmm. it is one of the only promissory notes I can betray a friend over and over and over again. Because all alliances and support for the thrones, I get one shot, I give up that thing. I, I don't get to do another attack later if I don't win the combat or if they skilled retreat out or whatever, but uh, if you give this to someone, technically they can betray a friend. They can attempt to betray a friend on you multiple times uh, while they continue to control that planet or whatever. Just a fun note. The only other note is a gift of the prescience if you, for some reason, uh, gave that thing out, right? I think the note sits in the play area during the, the turn that it is used or whatever. I don't remember. There was something I think with it does gift. too. Yeah.
1: No, I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's right. So, uh, fun not stupid up, note though.
0: with... T- <laughs> Let's, let's not confirm anything. Uh, the other thing, of course, then, is the alliance. Um, and the alliance is an interesting one because it really can can shift in value. Like, obviously, the alliance for someone like Arborek versus someone who, like, doesn't even plan to get a forward dock is like a very different thing, right? The uh, Arborex going to use your Alliance to gain a trade good, every single action, every time Mm -hmm. they do anything. That's like amazing. I will note the Arborex Alliance for you is also like not too shabby. (laughs) The, the idea that people can activate you and then you get to build something out of one of your PDS, uh, is pretty good. Not as good as what you're giving Arborex in that exchange. If you were doing an Alliance swap, but still pretty good. Um, but I, you will find some games where people are not really like pining for your Alliance. They're not like dying to get it. Cause they're kind of like, I don't know what's it going to be worth for me two two to $3 over the course of the rest of this game, because I'm not yeah. like doing that many builds. So, um, you know, it's, it, it, it's a questionable one where sometimes it's great and sometimes it's fine. And, and I think you just ju- base the price off of that. I would try to get an Alliance swap for something else. There's a lot of alliances. We like, uh, I think Alice even wrote up a list of like really juicy alliances that titans like uh things like cabal the cabal alliance is killer right you suddenly turn
1: your pds into
0: a three production capacity uh behemoth uh lots of stuff like that Cabal
1: will just do a swap with you for that then uh that's that's silly that's silly on cabal (laughs) right (laughs) yeah playing not great they should be (laughs) thinking about the implications of this trade yeah yeah absolutely uh there was one other one they noted i think they
0: said that uh uh barony Barony is a dangerous that that's a Barony should never ever give you their uh commander because the the sustained damage trade goods is way too much economy in titan's hands
1: see honestly that is the type of stuff that i would be trying to trade terraforming for because you could argue listen this is only going to cook in when or you know if we're if it's round one Mm -hmm. this is only going to click in later and when it clicks in, yes, it's going to help me. You're going to get terraforming right now, which yeah. is probably going to help you right away. So there's a kind of a nice like symmetry to it. Of I'm giving it up to you, round one. You're giving me something that that the ultimately though, what's wrong with this is like depending on what like Cabal can very easily sort of be like. I'm just not gonna. I'm just not gonna be in three rifts. Right? Yeah. So, I'll just be in two. You know, yeah. they don't need three. Right. They they do the three to like just kind of lock that down and be like, all right, I'd like the commander but in in a way they could also like kind of backstab you but which yeah. is why i would probably want like money yeah. money's kind of the the best thing to go for yeah. but i don't think there's any point in like overthinking the the commander i don't think mm-hmm. there's any point in overthinking the agent these are not like yeah these are not wheel and deal things no. so we can't we can't make them wheel and deal by just pretending that there's going to be some ultimate value here obviously if Arborek is on the table then sure but arborec doesn't have the money to pay you for this you know what i mean like what i don't know arborec would have to take out a loan several games deep yeah you know yeah. what i mean like it would be like Hey, so every time we play, I'm going to give you, like, five trade goods. Okay. <laughs> Here's like ten game. human
0: dollars. Here's ten yeah. USD for it. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, in a way, like, that's just not, like, a tenable deal, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was something that Alice said in that pre that I really liked Uh, that wasn't even directly related to Titans, but it was just that people are sleeping on how good the Ghost uh, Commander mm. is. Mm-hmm. And I agree, because of a game, I think because of Alice's semifinal game, <laughs> Uh, the the ghost player in that, which I think was Liver Squatch, um, they made so much use of it, yeah. and there were like a lot of fighters just around everywhere, and it wasn't hard to make. It was just this weird kind of eureka moment of like, hey, fighters are like HP, and HP wins fights, yeah. so being able to just make up fighters whenever is not bad, yeah. and for Titans with their two capacity saturn engine twos it's pretty easy to imagine situations where it's like uh yeah i'll take an extra fighter right now yeah. like all the time in yeah. fact um, yeah i mean add and, to that yeah.
0: there are three movement, sometimes four movement if you've got the gravity drive right it can be like it's those Dude, really you can unnecessarily it's those, yeah it's those silly baseline ones exactly the, it's like yeah. oh i go through the alpha back through the alpha and i go one space away and we're fine I, I just did like a normal expansion but i gained a free fighter or two or whatever yeah it's it's pretty silly and and quite good I think exclusive, like specifically for Titans. Uh, The only other like meta thing I felt worth noting was I wrote more often people are scared of you. I don't know if that's the right way to word it, but like you get big time plastic on the board early and and people have to decide how they feel about that basically. And that stuff can either come for them or it's there to like, just like really hole in and defend your stuff. Um, But the biggest thing is I think your support for the throne has like an added value. People really, really want it. You can kind of pick who is the most ideal for you. You know, there's some factions where like they're really trying early to like get that support out the door because they might not get it swapped back with you. And I don't think Titans has that struggle. I think Titans can choose exactly who they want to you know do a support swap with and get that because i think kind of everybody would like your support swap they they do not want you coming into their stuff and they don't they're not they're already not planning into coming into your stuff because it's too well defended so i think you have the upper hand on support swaps across the board
1: yeah i mean i yeah i think that makes sense and, and kind of the same way to, there's like an added bonus to like support swapping with like necro yeah. of like well now it's now stealing my tech is complicated I don't have to factor that into like my thinking on everything yeah. Uh. anymore. But yeah, I mean, it. it's kind of, I. it's to a slightly, I, I would put it, I would rank them a little bit lower than like L1 yeah. in my thinking of like my ideal support partner because I just hate the idea of playing in a game with L1 and then finding out that I was going to win except for that pesky L1 hero, yeah, you know? right um and i think right now uh, we're all living in the memory of the metas uh, <laughs> rampage uh in uh, game one of the semifinals which you should check out it's on youtube right now yeah. you can stop listening to this show and immediately pick up this uh 12 hour video or whatever <laughs> actually it's not that long it's pretty long but it's not that, it's not one of the really long ones yeah. um and but yeah so like i i think people are just hot on that right now so i'm thinking like yeah i it'd be cool if l1 was the support partner because yeah i don't want to have to be factoring this in yeah. you know and i think like if L one wants to win slay and has their dreads out, I'm not really sure. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not really sure you're gonna stop it easily. What's nice actually is because Titan starts with a uh, anti mass deflectors, uh, they can block. You know, a lot of times L one will go into the asteroid uh-huh. field because you don't have AMD, and that's how they get you. Yeah. Um. So you can do maybe a slightly better job of like taking up the airspace and blocking the hero that way. Um. But overall, yeah, I I I think I think people do want to not worry about Saturn Engine 2. However, the flip side of this is a lot of the times in the mid-game, you would like to be the Mechtal Rex person sitting there with Imperial. And oftentimes that person is sort of an unattractive uh, support partner um, because it's like, I don't want to swap with somebody and then realize, okay, well, I've just decided that I'm not factoring in any bonus points from Mechatol Rex for the rest of this game. Perhaps you look for the Custodians persons. Perhaps this is like another good reason to not take Custodians as Titans. I did it in my last game. Didn't think it was uh, actually a very smart move. I probably should have just scored round one. I I decided to not score round one Mm. and instead do Custodians. Mm -hmm. And I do not feel like that actually made a lot of sense. I think I could have just kind of saved up my powers and abilities and taken Imperial later and yeah. just moved in a Mechatol Rex. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Alice had
0: Priora on that as well. Basically saying like Titans has a baked in bonus point. Like t- t- I-, I think we both uh, were saying it. it is maybe overstated because there are people that can block you on Mechatol. There are other great factions at Mechatol, but Titans is certainly one of them. And in the right games, like you can just be the force that collapses on Mechatol in the mid to late game and, and absolutely get that Imperial point, which I think carries us into the victory points conversation of like exactly why Titans are so good at so many things. Even if it's like we said, in that kind of predictable way, uh, you're just like pound for pound. You're good at every, objective <laughs> and not just objectives like you're technically good at custodians you're technically good at taking imperial and getting a mechatol point you have scan link you can even find kind of a couple extra like an extra relic compared to other players throughout the game right like you can happen upon more fragments than than average uh, factions or whatever um, but beyond that it's like structure objectives are obviously easy for you uh mm-hmm. the, the game it can be one of those games where no one's taking construction and then that round four const, uh, structure objective comes out and you're the only one who's going to score it and like you were just like clearly ahead uh the economy points are easy you got a seven resource home system and then even a four influence home system is also like that is part of being able to spend for the the big stage two spendies or whatever. Um, the only thing that was kind of uh, that we've remarked on that was uh, not favorable is the trade good thing. But also it's like you have all game to focus on the trade good problem, which means like you can get into a position where it's really not that much of a problem. It's just sort of the only one you have to spend a bit of extra mental energy on, right? Everything else almost comes automatically to you.
1: Yeah, we do have a late-game way to, to slow-generate trade goods if we need just, like, a few more or whatever. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think I think that's a kind of light thing. I honestly... We got two and two colors in my last game as Titans, and I really did not... We mm. got it on the flip, too. It was, yeah. like, the... the it, I really did not like that, and you'd think it would be manageable for Titans because they start with two tech. Like, I feel like I'm complaining about... It's like, dude, what if you start with one tech? That yeah. sucks even worse, right. right? But you don't want yeah (laughs) like with titans like one of your advantages is like we don't need a lot of tech to have a solid kit right you don't want someone telling you like all right you got to get a second yellow yeah or or you have to get a a second red after ai dev like i don't want to have to get any tech that i don't want like i just want to to get saturn engine twos and then be done with it (laughs) and and the thing is too if it comes out on the flip but what i was experiencing was the objectives were just a little bit tough in general like mm-hmm. i was getting them done but it was like i didn't get saturn engine 2s yeah. until it was too late it didn't matter the the game the game had the game had already been decided by the time it was like ready for me to get saturn engine 2s and that's bad that's yeah. a bad outcome right. uh, for titans
0: yeah yeah you don't want saturn engines coming out like round 4 or whatever i, I have yeah. a stupid async game going right now where i was like I just because I want to because I'm a dumb person. I want to get War Sun as fast as possible because it's sitting there. And I still don't. We're going into round five, and I don't have Saturn Engine Two. And let me tell you, that is a stupid. That's a that is a just a completely wild way to play Titans,
1: and it doesn't make why any. Why is Saturn sense. Engine Two not cool enough for Matt? Like, why is Matt <laughs> over here being like, Nah, they're. I guess good, but it wasn't. Know, but, no, no, no. You know, it's what's really cool. Is War Sun? It's like what? Why?
0: How are was, you? This was just, like my you've third. I love what
1: you got, I dude. I know. You know. Like here's
0: my issue. Here's my issue with with these types of things. I've done a handful of Titans games, and I've done the Saturn Engine too. This was like my game to have permission to set it on the back burner, basically. Because in in my other game, my my uh, game at the Portland Hootenanny, I got light wave round two because I had two blue skips. And then I had two movement cruisers that could still also use light wave, which felt great, felt fine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. And then early round three, I still got Saturn engine two. Like it was not an issue at all. I, I got everything I needed. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it just all felt, it all felt good to me. I, I had had my comfortable Saturn engine two games. I do this silly thing where if I like have checked off that I've done the good thing, I give, my pers- I give myself permission to no longer do the good thing with the faction. I do the stupid other thing, uh, even though it's, like, obvious that it's not going to work as well. But it's like, well, I played the game where I had Lightwave Saturn Engine 2s. And it's uh, for some reason, I don't tell myself, like, well, but you're playing Titans. Like, that's what you do when you play Titans, and that's what's going to be good and-, and lead to a good, fun endgame. Because, yeah. The the trade off is I'm not having any fun with my war sons <laughs> in this game. They're just sitting there, and I'm not particularly doing anything useful. I've parked a war son next to Milty's uh, home system, so I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll do something with that. Who knows? That's that's a threat to Milty that uh, I definitely will have to uh, negotiate with him
1: now because this game is async and still ongoing. <laughs> yeah, and that was that was your writer of this guide, ladies and gentlemen. That was. <laughs> That was who you just got done listening to for an hour and a half. I won. Saying, hey, I just have War Suns.
0: I won in Portland in person with Lightwave Saturn. No Engine evidence twos. of that. You're lying. It's
1: not <laughs> even true. Uh, you, can watch, you can watch a video of me winning as Titans. Check out the Hunter plays in the TIGL thing sure. on YouTube. So that's proof right there. Uh-huh. All right. Uh-huh picks or it didn't happen all right I think, there are, I think there right are now.
0: literally pictures of me winning
1: that game and i was in the finals of that game and lost to ginger in the in the finals right, of the i had League. paid all of them to pretend <laughs> that you were winning all right That's fair that's fair and i do yeah, appreciate the, you doing that for me it it, it, it helps. cost me a lot of money okay <laughs> Uh, I want to thank
0: all of our weird bears. Big Al Cappuccino, Squeamish Emu, Pope Billy the Second, Brassbird, Cabal of Soul, and Daryl, Jadim Jedi, Carnal, Kindred Spirit, Alice, Lord Raddington, Emlishefsky, Sunfax, Absol, Ricky M44, R-Wise, and our Teensy Sprouts, Craig and Hercules My Son is Also Named Bort, Savant, and Vince. Uh, pins and jerseys were, like, shipped out. They're, they're, like, on the move uh so keep an eye out for your pins right everything yeah. is, unless uh we're gonna see you at gen con <laughs> if you're we there are people yeah, that we've talked to you know that you'll have your stuff at gen con everybody else it's been it has been shipped so keep an eye out for your stuff
1: yeah yeah uh it's it's i'm excited for people to actually get it because uh, there's there's so much good stuff especially the weird bear shirts yeah um those those jerseys are really really awesome we actually <laughs> we i i have talked about this before we actually had to like design a new version of yeah. it because of the way that because of the way the company that we buy them from works they yeah. like changed what they offered Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, the new design is pretty sweet. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. They're both, I like, I, I will like seeing uh, two people together, one wearing the old yeah, yeah. time, one wearing the new design. <laughs> oh, you're uh, a phase
0: one weird bear. Cool. Hi, I'm yeah, a phase dude. two weird bear. How's it going? Yeah, phase nice two to weird meet you. Bears,
1: it's like kind of different. Like it's a different vibe. It's a little more modern, you uh-huh, know? Uh-huh. Phase one is like super classic, you know? Phase two, a little modern. A little modern. Uh, hey, let's do an agenda phase. The official Dave
0: account asks, You mentioned in your Empyrean episode that you thought that faction was a great faction for a newer player. What other factions would you recommend for someone's first time playing Twilight Imperium and why? We could almost, like, you could almost do a whole episode out of this, I think. You'd you'd be kind of, you'd be doing a bit of vamping, but uh, I thought it was funny to put this question in this episode because not Titans, absolutely not Titans, the sleeper stuff is confusing, the, like, what do you do with good flexed muscle? Like, how, I don't know. Be, like, you, you're comfortable with objectives. So in that way, they're kind of a friendly new player faction. But uh, I think the sleeper token stuff is way too confusing. And honestly, even in, like, playtesting, like, I, I was always mm-hmm. nervous about Titans. And I, I remember taking them to a, a group of people who n- were not very familiar with uh, TI in general. I was like, what do you think of this faction? And all of them were like,
1: blah, 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 blah,
0: text overload. I don't know what's going on.
1: So very much not Titans. And I don't like fe- I think one of the reasons I like Empyrean so much for a new player is because the the units are all stock. Uh-huh. And so like that's one of the things that I think I don't like about the idea of a new player having to deal with faction specific unit abilities mm-hmm. because I think it might get in the way of them learning like just like kind of vanilla TI. Right. Like I want them to know to understand things like Carriers have capacity. They have capacity for, yeah. and that is like one of the basic things that you're going to need to contend with. Yeah. Like I feel like one of the things that I see new players do, where I'll be like, ah, it just hasn't isn't clicking with them yet. It's not realizing that that when they move a, a unit with capacity, that they're sort of like committing to like a whole future yeah right that, yeah, unit, yeah 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 you know? that's very so it true it needs to move with like you know we don't we need to bring a fighter because otherwise this carrier is never going to have a fighter you know what i mean this right. carrier is never coming back i think that's something people don't yeah get.
0: that's like the argument of why the Sardak early game is like not very good right you start with no fighters which means those yeah. early expansions are just like i hope you i, I wish the best for you Sardak carriers yeah. please please take uh great luck in your future uh so yeah, I, I, I think um, solid just, like, starts and solid uh, solid movement is good. I think any blue tech faction is decent because I think it's good for people to, like, have easy access to Gravity Drive and not need to go out of their way necessarily. Um, yeah. For that reason, like, I don't know. Sometimes I do think Barony is a good starter faction. There's some stuff you're just not going to, like, maybe use. You'll, you'll just leave sure. on the side, and maybe that's awkward and annoying to a new player, but... I think everything else like feels good enough about them that they're a decent vanilla faction.
1: I think any of the original 6 yeah. with possibly the exception of Soul because I think it will uh what which, which the the upside of Soul is that it's, you know, you're kind of on easy street. Yeah. Um in some ways and maybe that's an experience that the player wants as yeah. they want to feel a little bit like, yeah, you just kind of get some cookies. You we just right. give you 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 get an extra command counter just cuz, yeah. you know? Yeah. There's not even a logic. Right? <laughs> it's just You get that. Absolutely. My big thing is. I
0: don't like um, coddling new players when we talk about recommending uh, factions for, for new players. Because uh, I think you could make an excuse for every faction being too complicated and then this and that. Like, yeah, yeah. I often hear Joel nar is too complicated because you've got to look at the entire tech deck the uh, whole but, time. And it's like, yeah, no, okay. it means you have easy access to any tech you want. You get to follow your bliss and you won't be overly yeah. punished for it, right? I think the same thing of Asarl. Asarl is not that hard to just start with because you get the action cards you get. You're not looking through the whole action card deck. You just get a hand of them and you you use you try to use them or you don't or whatever right like yeah they're they're not a wildly complicated faction the ones i would steer people away from um and this mostly depends on like the group if you're bringing a new player into a more established group it mostly comes down to like don't give them the factions that struggle in the meta, in the above-the-table stuff. You want a new player to be involved somewhat in the in the new stuff. If you just give them Sardak or like a like a bloodthirsty faction, Cabal would maybe even be kind of awkward. It's because by the nature of the game, the other the rest of you are playing, they might miss out on a lot of things, right? Whereas if you give them Hakan, yeah, there's a lot going on, but mm-hmm. like the game won't suffer for Having a Hakon player who's not taking advantage of every single Hakan tool that's possible, right? Like even right. a basic Hakan game is gonna look pretty comfortable and it's gonna teach that player a lot about the
1: game itself. I think that's why I like Empyrean so much, yeah. though, is that we have a faction now that is like Hakan light. Mm-hmm. Um, and so therefore, if somebody was like, I'm really interested in playing like a tradey faction, I would be like, Well, empyrean is kind of like an easy way to go about this and you're not going to get overloaded with analysis paralysis type people right Um, like if you have a friend that is an analysis paralysis person yeah joel narr is probably not going to be a good bet actually for that person and also that's why it's like kind of hard to give advice on this type of thing in a vacuum because it's like you know your friend and i think that is really going to inform it more than anything and also they're going to be interested in something right and if they are, they should probably just follow their bliss. That's you know, always and find out answer. if they want to play Arborek. Yeah, just let them play Arborek. Yeah. They're not going to win their first game anyways. Yeah, Who so cares? it's not going to make a difference. Right. Yeah,
0: that's always the go-to answer: is if you let them look at the factions and they go, "This looks cool." That's it. That's the first. That's the one yeah. you're playing. There, it it just can't matter the balance of things. The same thing goes for any other. Like people hop on the Discord all the time and they like maybe ask like about map. Uh, questions for like a game of first players, like what's a good map? And it's like, dude, it doesn't matter. The map at this stage of your player's game couldn't matter less. It's, it's just going to be whatever. I think back in the day we used to talk about like, if we're talking about the standard rules as written map build. New players can really screw themselves over, right? You you can do really nasty things to each other and truly ruin that person's day. That's the extent of what I would avoid with new players, is stuff that's just gonna ruin their day. But as long as you mm-hmm. give them the tools to just like do okay that's all they need so yeah right. I, I don't i don't think any faction is going to tank their game or distract them too much from having a good time if if that's what they want to play so it, it always comes right. down to exactly what they would like to do more than anything else
1: yeah yeah i i agree let them let them follow their bliss uh because it's the only thing that's gonna make them like twilight imperium yeah is a sustained interest (laughs) in the game you know so like if you're if you're trying to make a buddy that's going to be really into ti there's nothing you can do in my opinion it's it's they either awaken (laughs) the freak inside or they continue they either they they either take uh wait what's the matrix thing which pill Pill the red pill or the blue pill the blue pill goes
0: into the matrix right no. I don't care. red pill. No, Wait, the red pill goes in the matrix. The blue, blue pill stays asleep. They
1: take the red pill and they find out how deep the the Wonderland really goes, uh-huh. or whatever. <laughs> or you know, they stay in the matrix. You yeah. know, yeah, they choose yeah, actually, to drink it. It's Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> we're not. We're gonna leave the red pill thing alone. Actually, I, I, I kind of forgot the internet kind of ruined with, that. With that, kind of ruined that. Why did we ruin that? Why did I y'all know. have to go and ruin that one? <laughs> it was a cool movie, and that's a great scene. Yeah, that scene's awesome. Why was someone watching this being like, "I want to add some very specific context to this idea"? It's like, dude, just leave it alone. Like, just let let that movie be that movie <laughs> i didn't see matrix 4 but i think that's the thesis of it i'm yeah, pretty sure because i watched leave us a trailer. <laughs> yeah it's like no red pill belongs to us like don't take don't take the red pill from us don't decide that means whatever you want it to mean that's crazy
0: <laughs> let's do a homebrew review uh, I've got Simple's action card known as the Vool Wraith Idol. I'm going to read you the, uh, the, the, the flavor text first. When the Hakan audit bearer hunched forward, clutching at his unnatural craft, his vision dulled as he heard whispered inclinations of grandeur and salience. This is a funny, super powerful, ridiculous action card that I love. It is. As an action, swap your readied strategy card with a readied or unchosen leadership strategy card, then as an action, play the leadership strategy card. And I want to be clear too, because I don't know if the wording actually reinforces this, but the point is for that second step is you must do that. You take leadership and you play it right now. Uh, So this is the anti-leadership stall action card, essentially.
1: This is interesting. This is yeah. this is like an interesting sideways way of perhaps throwing a little cold on the leadership stall. Mm-hmm. And also, like, leadership has long been, to me, one of the strangest aspects of the Twilight Imperium late game. Yeah. The importance of this card. Yeah. The fact that you are scoring first, and you're also controlling when we get our flipping Stuff. command counters. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, to m- it just it and you know there's been a lot of discussions of like is this something that can be fixed or changed and to be honest i've never heard someone actually propose something that that actually feels like it fixes it it feels yeah. like this like kind of awkward thing that we're just kind of stuck with that is, <laughs> that is part of the game yeah um and obviously like not a hard and fast rule there are a lot of games that do not come down yeah to that but there are a lot of games that do yep and sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes even from the winner's perspective, it doesn't feel that great to right. win that way. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, it's I mean, not there necessarily are some people, impressive. there are some people that win with a sorrel every week and they feel no shame, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, you know, power to, empower to you, carnal, uh, but I, you know, I like to win uh, in a in a shameful way. I like to be like, I'm sorry I won. <laughs> Uh no, you, great. I love Carnal's Carnal.
0: great, Kluwin's great. They both win as a sorrel all the time. Uh mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah.
1: people should like stop them from winning arbitrarily for no reason. <laughs> wow, this is what like a cool thing idea. I can do with my job. Yeah so if you're playing with carnal and carl's playing as a sorrow just like get do in their random stuff to stop them yeah. like just
0: they are randomly carnal is that. starting ahead of you okay you just need to trust <laughs> that carnal is already ahead of you and you need to do something about it okay yeah
1: yeah yeah Yeah. you just just and even if it doesn't make sense you got to do this are we know? ruining these people's lives
0: <laughs> we've ruined uh, people my life carl's. is ruined so <laughs> why shouldn't
1: their life be ruined <laughs> i'm just we're just lending we're just giving them the thing that people put on us exactly okay yeah yeah that's they, all they deserve it uh you can yeah, rate this yeah. podcast on
0: apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you listen to us give us five stars so that we can eat it we need stars for sustenance sustenance and i don't want to die out here sustenance, sustenance. Yeah. uh you can also I find eat our your stars <laughs> i your eat
1: your stars. stars so yeah 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 uh, you, so this week you could say five stars eat them up you little baby <laughs>
0: Send us This Imperium Life stories to SpaceCatsPeaceTurtles at gmail.com as well, because I do think after Gen Con, we're going to have a This Imperium Life episode quite soon. I really want to get a good one for you. So keep sending us those stories. I've got a lot. I've got a lot pinned, but I want yeah. more. I always want more. Let's have a seven-hour This Imperium Life story. Just kidding. I don't want to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you could you could also, in your review, you could, you could mention that the Patreon finals are gonna be on saturday august 26th at 1100 utc um it's so crazy because now you've listened to the whole episode you are an hour and 45 ish minutes closer Mm -hmm. to that finals yeah unless you're listening in the future after it's even happened weird in which case you're traveling away from it almost as fast as we're rocketing (laughs) towards it right now you know, it's weird
0: that time works that way, that it's just it's like as fast in one direction as it we're is the strapped
1: other. into this jetpack. That's <laughs> just like launched. We're just like Boba Fett, just like shooting off. I hope into... we don't pass it. I mean, we're going so Dude, fast. We might we're miss going it so fast. I might not wake up in time or I need to get my rest so that I can be awake for Aug for Saturday, August 26th. And what time am I setting my UTC alarm clock on my bedside table? 11-hundo UTC. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. I could have had a future in advertising, okay? <laughs> I could have been a little, a nice little ad boy, and here I am, you know, playing with my toys, 33, 33 years old, just playing with toys. <laughs> Saturday, August 26th. <laughs> Eleven hundred UTC. It a blink of an eye. You will be there practically tomorrow.
0: These outros always could do so much more with the video component of seeing your eyes glaze over as you have those those thirty-three-year-old realizations. I feel, as I, I, I look, look, as you look, yeah. just down, as you just, yeah, sort of at
1: your own microphone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I forget you're here sometimes when I'm having <laughs> those moments. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just completely. <laughs> I'm just in. I'm just, you know what it is? I'm having an out-of-body experience mm-hmm. where I'm watching myself yeah. do my life. You're actually asleep, asleep, and you've
0: missed the finals, Hunter. You did, up. Oh, you
1: missed it. It's over. The finals already uh, happened, and you didn't wake uh, up in time. I did not wake up in time. What a weird dream. <laughs> well, time to wake up and record the Titans, guys. <laughs>